गुरुदेव पतित भगवान की जय श्री मन महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरि नाम प्रभु की जय श्री श्री गोराध महादेव की जय श्री लूप गोस्वामी प्रभुपाद की जय श्री उपदेश की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय गौर प्रमानंद so good evening to all of you thanks so much for coming <clears throat> welcome so today <clears throat> we'll let's see hopefully <laughs> we'll finish our series of lectures about upadeshamrita trying to to analyze discuss about 10th and 11th verse of this very if you will summarize treatise of Srila Rupa Goswami which actually includes whatever he has received from Sriman Mahaprabhu so this will be the last two verses which will speak about really high esoteric topics so you will excuse me if some of you may feel the topic is way above your heads <laughs> It will be above mine, so you will be alone, no problem. <laughs> and uh, as Swami always says, no, Rumara says, even if you get one single thing as a lesson from today's talk, even though you didn't understand the the, res the remaining 99.9% of the talk, it was worthy being here. <laughs> so hopefully, that 0.01% is there <laughs> at least. <laughs> So before going to verses 10 and 11, as usual, we will make a brief summary of what we said two days ago when we studied verse number 9, and uh, where Srila Rupa Goswami started to describe a, a whole list of, um, let's say, the ontological spaces, uh, a hierarchy of different realms corresponding with particular types of love for God and how one represented the, uh, objectively at least higher no, destiny than the previous one because as we say subjectively speaking mm, mm, beauty lies in the eye of the beholder they say in English right so for someone the beauty of Narayan for Arnarajan in Vaikuntha is unparalleled <laughs> even if you put a flute there and take away two of his arms <laughs> for Vaikuntha Bhakta the perfection of his her eyes will be Vaikuntha Darshan basically so that's a subjective perspective but Srila Rupa Goswami also presents the objective view concerning the idea of Rasa as one Srila Siddhar Maharaj mentioned the way to measure, the, the establish a hierarchy no, in the divine realm is related to the principle of rasa, as, as in the same way that you can measure uh, a currency in this world according to gold. No, like, it's like the how do you say in English thermometer, what gives like the standard of value for whatever other thing. So when we went, when we go to measure, quote unquote measure, because we are entering by Kunta, which means you cannot measure <laughs> without limit. But we are to establish this superiority in objective terms about uh, a divine realm. It will be established on the basis of what we call rasa. 
Guru Maharaj mentions, translated aesthetic, uh, sacred aesthetic rapture. So Krishna being Akila Rasamrita Murti, Rasik Sekar, and so on, he represents for us in the Gaudiya Vaishnava theology the zenith of Rasa, especially in Vrindavan, especially in a particular type of disposition in con- concerning his topmost devotee, Sri Mati Radharani. This is the presentation of Srila Rupa Goswami here, again, strictly in objective terms and, of course, in his personal view, subjective view. That will be also his conclusion, being, being Sri Rupa Manjari and being Sri Chaitanya Manovishtam Shabitam Yenabutale, the one who knows the mind of Sri Chaitanya and tries to establish in the world the main desires that were moving in the mind of Sriman Mahaprabhu. So now we are in this section when the glories of basically Srimati Radharani will be established, Sri Radha Prem will be established. And that's the glories. And that's the well, the whole issue behind Sriman Mahaprabhu's descent. To establish to sing the glories of Srimati Radharani. So Srila Rupa Goswami being really uh, close to Mahaprabhu's mind he knows Mahaprabhu's intention, so he's also, in a very systematic way, starting, as we say in the verse 1, with don't gossip, eventually ending in this glorifications of Sri Radha Prem, in the form of her liquid manifestation, if the form of Sri Radha Kund, which actually Sri Radha Kund is another way of saying Sri Radha Prem, and saying Sri Radha Prem is another way of saying Sriman Mahaprabhu, <laughs> because that's what brought Krishna in that particular form here. And again, Sri Rupa Goswami is here to establish Mahaprabhu's desires, Mahaprabhu's feelings in the world in a systematic way. So it's, this is why he will be, he emphasized so much this point of Radhakunda in the ninth verse and now today in the 10th and 11th verse also. So previous class we spoke about different levels of transcendence starting from Vaikuntha, from there going to Mathura, from Mathura going to Vrindavan, from Vrindavan going to Govardhan, from Govardhan going to Radhakunda. Of course, so many in-between gaps are there, places, that were more in detail filled by Sanatan Goswami, Brihad Bhagavatam, Britain works like this. And what we also emphasize is that all these different places of planets, as they are described, correspond with a particular type of consciousness. If you have Ayodhya consciousness, you will go to a destiny that corresponds with that place. Now, if you have uh, Rasatala consciousness, there will be a particular destiny waiting for you, way below, <laughs> way down. So when we speak about no, moving from one place to the other, we are moving in consciousness, basically. Because as we many, many times say, you can be physically here, but conscious, your consciousness may be in a heavenly realm, hellish realm, whatever other realm. You know? So sometimes the scripture speaks in terms of there will be a geographical uh, uh, how do you say like uh, moving of yourself to that particular platform okay transition Mm -hmm. but try to understand if you are about to enter into a planet from Vaikuntha upwards all those planets are made of consciousness so I mean you cannot take a plane and enter Vaikuntha unless you take conscious plane <laughs> and that's what we are trying to do of course when we put our hand in the mm-hmm. uh, taking the job of Mala is trying to okay you take put your seat belts and <laughs> ready to go <laughs> no? 
So that's the point. No? It's not a three-dimensional moving into the... No? Sometimes when we hear the travel, the journey of Gopakumar, he's going up, she's going... And, and we may conceive that in space-time dimension, but when we speak from Vaikuntha upwards, it's planets made of consciousness. Vaikuntha prithiviyadi shakal trimai, say Chaitanya Charitamrita. From Vaikuntha upwards, even the dust, speck of dust is made of transcendental substance. So you only will enter there by a traveling in consciousness. We try to understand this more. No? So, well, basically we describe a little bit all of these places that here Rupa Goswami mentioned, and we ended briefly speaking about the glories of Radhakund, since today we will finish with the last two verses regarding to that. And why this place is so important for us, of course, we can say from many places Radhakund is important, as I explained before, today. Also, Radhakund represents, let's say, the place where the highest form of, in one sense, if you will, the highest form of Parakya Bhav is expressed, because Parakya Bhav implies, Parakya implies from another one. No? Swakya is, means from, from one, but Parakya means I belong to someone else, no? or something else, <laughs> no? implying this paramore love. No? So, you know, Radhakunda is a meeting place every midday in the eternal lila of Sri Radha and Krishna, whereas we spoke, explained the other day, no? Krishna no? like uh, separates himself from his main group of friends and enters into the intimacy of Radhakunda to meet Sri Radha, and intimate gopis. So, that's a very risky situation because they have to get together just in the midday, no? and a full sun light is there. It's not in the night that you say, okay, I will escape from my house at the night. Everyone is sleeping, so who will notice? No? It's another thing. No? When Krishna does that eventually every single night, but every single midday he's doing that as well. No? In, in another dy- dynamics, another mood, he's meeting Sri Radha and Radha Kund. Uh, with the excuse of going to Suryakund to perform uh, puja for her husband, Abhimanju, no? because it's tra- traditionally the wife worships the son, so the husband will be blessed. So it's really ironic. No? <laughs> she, she's supposed to just go into worship for the benefit of her husband, and she's meeting with Krishna, basically. <laughs> Who is in Tattva, Radha's husband, if you will, no? in, in Tattva. She belongs only to him, actually. The whole idea of having a husband, as the Charas may explain, is some sort of dreamlike state. Now that in Golok, they explain, it's not actually concrete, but in Gokul, in Boma, Brindavan, those husbands, by Yoga Maya's arrangement, take factual form. Only to increase the, this feeling of paraki and all the risky, if you will, situations, as the one we are describing here. Imagine, try to escape from your house with the excuse of worshipping Surya, but in the midst of that, trying to meet Krishna full midday light. So very risky situations, but the Parakya is at the topmost at that moment. And all the gopis who are, and also the Priyanarma Sakas who are accompanying Krishna, it is described that all of them are ready to leave their bodies and die millions of times only to to, to facilitate the union of Sri Srirana and Krishna. So that's their the sacrifice disposition. 
No, that's very intense. You can measure that. No, just to die millions of times to facilitate that single meeting of that single midday, and the next day, again, and more and more and more. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so, so as we know, Srimati Radhani has been highlighted as the topmost devotional representative. In the Bhagavatam, we find different glorifications of Vaishnava as the topmost Vaishnava. No? For example, we read in the Bhagavatam, Vaishnava nam jatasambhu. No? Jiva is the topmost Vaishnava. But later we find in 11th canto that Krishna says to Uda, no? nor Shiva, nor Brahma, nor Lakshmi, nor even myself are so dear as you are. No? So, Eventually we find, oh, there is someone about that. But when we go to Uddhava thinking, okay, you are the dearest most, we find what Uddhava has to say regarding the gopis, Vrindavan and Radharani in particular. He's praying to be born as a little, a little whatever <laughs> in Vrindavan, so he may be touched by the food dust of the brother gopikas and in some way become affected by the intensity of their love in his own body. So in this way, eventually, the, the superiority of Srimati Radharani is established very expertly and very confidentially in the lines of the Bhagavad Many verses are there, the one just to, to make you boring with a list of shlokas, <laughs> basically. But this establishes she's the one who, who was, I mean, Krishna rejected all others, rejected, quote-unquote, no, just to be with her and to be able to render some personal service to her lotus feet. Now, this is what uh, Jayadev narrates in his Gita Govinda. No, and you know, he, he wanted to narrate that, but he stopped. No? When he was at the point of writing this line about Krishna serving the feet of Sri Matura, and she said, this is too much. So she said, I will stop my writing session, I will to give a japa walk, to have some air in my neurons because I think some weird ideas are coming and going too far. No? Krishna serving, rendering service, service to the feet. So he leaves the houses, you know, and Krishna appears in disguise as Jayadev Goswami. The, her, his, his wife is there cooking. No? So Jayadev comes. No? And eventually the real Jayadev comes and, and sees. And, and Krishna's Jayadev had lunch. No, he was hungry also. So he also did two things at the same time. And later disappeared from the scene. Eventually, the real Jadadev comes and sees his wife eating. Say, oh, why are you eating? You didn't wait for me. And she looks like, what? We already had lunch together some time ago. He said, no. <laughs> and he sees the book he was writing. He got close. It was open. He says, oh, it's open. I left it close. I left it close. Where he and he sees the line. It was written by Krishna himself in the form of that. No? So it is said that that's the Krishna we are worshipping, no? the one who is inclining himself to love, towards in the, at the feet of love. That's the supreme personality of Godhead. No? It is said that when Sri Radharani says Krishna serving her feet, she says, oh, you are really the supreme personality of Godhead. You are. You, you put your head to the ground in the front, in the, before the greatest love. No? So, well, some brief, not so brief summary of yesterday's class. So let's go to verse number 10, which says like this. 
खारमीभ्यापरी हरे प्रियातया व्यक्ति जाजुर्ज्ञानिनस्तेभ्यो ज्ञानाभिमुक्तवाक्ति पराम प्रेमकनिष्ठास्त तेभ्यस्तपु फलपंकजदृश्यस्तभ्योपिशराधिकृष्टाधवातीय Out of many such people who are advanced in knowledge, Gyanis, one who is practically liberated by virtue of his knowledge may take to devotional service. He is superior to the others. However, one who has actually attained prem, pure love of Krishna, is superior to him. The gopis are exalted above all the advanced devotees because they are always totally dependent upon Sri Krishna, the transcendental cowherd boy. Among the gopis, Shrimati Radharani is the most dear to Krishna. Her kunda, lake, is as profoundly dear to Lord Krishna as this most beloved of the gopis. Who then will not reside at Radhakund and in a spiritual body surcharged with ecstatic devotional feelings render loving service to the divine couple, Sri Sri Radha Govinda, who performed their Astakaliya Lila, their eternal eightfold daily pastimes? Indeed, those who execute devotional service of the banks of Radhakunda are the most fortunate people in the universe. Yeah, Sri Radhakunda Kita. So, intense verse. <laughs> Very surcharged with many ideas. Deep, profound. So here, again, okay, some sort of hierarchy is presented hmm, in connection to to practitioners, to people, basically. Pre- previous verb was mainly connected to places, if you will. But well, again, the place is connected to the, to the inhabitant, and now the people is connected to a particular state of consciousness which corresponds with a particular, if you will, planetary system, no? realm. Mm-hmm. So, from a different perspective here, Rupa Goswami is mentioning another reason why we should take shelter. Radhakunda, again, according to his consideration. <clears throat> so, this is similar also reminds me of the exchange that Mahaprabhu had with Ramananda Roy, no? the mm-hmm. famous Ramananda Sambad, when very gradually Mahaprabhu was asking Ramananda about Sadhya Sadhana Tattva, no? which is the topmost goal and the topmost practice towards that goal. And he asked him, please validate that with different Shastra Brahman, scriptural evidence. <coughs> and gradually he will start speaking in similar terms, no? Karma, Gyan, Bhakti, Prem Bhakti. And only when he says Prem Bhakti, Mahaprabhu will say, okay, things are starting to become interesting now. But because before that, Eho Bahya. That's superficial. Go deeper. Go superficial. Go deeper. No? <laughs> so that's what we call progress in the spiritual life. No? We advance and we are oh, advanced. Yes, but that's superficial. Go deeper. <laughs> that's when I remember one devotee said to Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada today distributed 100 Bhagavad Gitas. It's a lot. <laughs> Prabhupada said, great, incredible. Tomorrow, 200. Mm-hmm. No? So go deeper. <laughs> 
Of course, it's not about quantity, no? but the idea is in order to distribute 200, you have to go deeper also. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <clears throat> first of all, here Srila Rupa Goswami is speaking about karmis, what we call karmis, fruitive workers. So, someone who is attached in a fruitive way to its, his, her action. So we are not so far from that. At mom for moments, no? so be careful of, of doing this differentiation. Oh, these are the karmis, and we are devotees. Yes, but <laughs> no, maybe the boat, one fit here, one fit there. No? So, <clears throat> Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur even explained the different levels of devotional practice, even under the influence of the gunas. No? Well, bhakti is there, but also. Tamil Raja sat to it there, no? so let's be careful about um, being too black and white in this idea of karmis, bhaktas, devotees, non-devotees, demons, saintly people. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no one be between the demon and the saintly people. <laughs> no? so. so he said, from the best of those karmis is the one who is a jnani. No? Like by this implying a karmi one who is in, in action, in fruitive action, eventually will pr progress from what we call karma kanda or fruitive activities to what we Krishna may call nishkam karma. Now, will continue acting in the world according to certain uh, social sensibilities, what we may call barnashram in that Vedic time. <laughs> and uh, by proper engagement in, in this nishkam karma, the proper result, as Guru Mahesh explains in the Bhagavad Gita, is jnana. A particular type of purification by acting according to our duty without attachment to the result, that creates a particular purification. And purification implies a type of knowledge. It's very important to connect this idea of knowledge and purification. <laughs> Even though that's not the topmost knowledge, the, the idea of Knowledge comes along with purification. It starts to glimpse for the bhaktas even, no? because it's in, in, the, in, the, in the path of devotion, I mean, that things go by, hand, hand by hand. I mean, knowledge and purification should be a separate thing. <laughs> so he's going from this direction, no? from the from the karmis, as I explained, there are karma kandis, there are niskam karma yogis. People who desire, of course, there are big armies, huh? <laughs> and people with different desires in mind. No? People who who are just doing certain yagna for attaining swarga. People who just, or basically, are attached to to be balanced in the in the context of barna ashram and be pious and be truthful to their acquired nature. Gradually, that makes them more and more virtuous. So again, some jnana comes, some clarity of who I am comes, basically. Jnana has to do with sattva, basically, and sattva has to do with sattva. No? Sattva will be like saying in English, although the word, I think, it doesn't exist, like <laughs> beingness. No? Sat is like being, and twa is like ness. No? You follow? So beingness, like locating yourself into a position when you have a glimpse of who you are, really, eternally speaking, as a soul. That's sattvic, a sattvic consideration. So, of course, regarding to to the jnanis, what does his, the verse says? Okay. 
So he says, out of many jnanis, some of them eventually almost liberated may take to devotional service. So here we have the, the typical example <clears throat> that we find in cases like uh, the Kumars or Sukha. There are different types of jnanis, different types of munis or sages, if you will. You have like Brahma Gyanis, you have Brahma, Paramatma no? Gyanis, Bhagavad Munis, if you will. And for example, Brahma, no? if, if you go to Brahma, Brahman, Sukadev Goswami and the four Kumars were, in one point, we call Brahma Bodies. They were absorbed into this uh, undeterminate, undeterminate, absolute, before being converted, I am speaking. No? So they enter into this idea of Brahma Tattva Gyanis. Then we have Paramatma Tattva Gyanis. No? People like Sobari Rishi enter in that category. No? He was soaring Paramatma, meditating under the waters of the Yamuna. Long story. You know? And we have Bhagavad Tattva Gyanis. No? Munis or sages who are focusing Bhagavad in, in two features Aishwarya, Madhurya. So there we have the Four Kumars and Sukadev, after being converted, no, they enter into this category. No, the Kumars mainly connected to the Ishvarya perspective, and Sukadev, by proper association with Bhagavat, Vyashadev, and so on, the Madhurya conception. So eventually, this is the idea that Krishna himself said in the Bhagavad Gita: no, "Brahma Bhuta Prasanadmana Sochatina Kangshati Samasarvesubhuti Sumadvaktim Lavati Param." <clears throat> so be, be, before attaining this Bideha Mukti, as Guru Maharaj explains, if one is a Jivan Mukti, even can uh, enter in touch, if you will, with Bhakti. Also can fall from that position by offense, but we are here considering how Bhakti can even attract those people. This is the whole idea of the famous Atmaram verse of Bhagavatam. Very important verse. So important that Mahaprabhu explained that 61 times to Sanatana Goswami. <laughs> no? Well, some, it's this extreme example of nyakan nyaya, no? nyakanan nyaya, no? one time, two times, three, the logic of how it was? Posting? Pounding the post. Okay, thank you. So you say, okay, Sanatana said, can you play, explain in the verse? Yes, of course. You have some time. Yes. Okay, <laughs> I will share with you 61 explanations of the verse. Before that, he explained that to Sarbaboma like 20 some times, some, something times. So in total, it was almost like 108 times he explained the verse. I want to make a point, this is a very important verse, that really the whole Bhagavatam is moving around, because the, the main speaker there is Sukadev Goswami, and he's basically explaining this idea. No? I was an Atmaram, self-satisfied person. I was a Muni. Atmaramas Chamunayo. No? Those self-satisfied Munis, no? Nirgranta Pirupreme, who are beyond all knots. Kurbanti Haitukim Bhaktim Itambuta Gunohari. Even those even that even in the case of those moonies who are beyond all these Shastri considerations are real really finding Ram in their Atma, finding pleasure in their soul. Itambuta Gunohari. The qualities of Bhagavan or Hari, basically, that's the name. Hari, you know, this mudra. The one who takes away. So, Hari's such, Hari's qualities are such that they can take the, the, the Brahma bodies, the Atmarams, can take out of their Samadhi. That's not easy. <clears throat> That's not easy. 
so they are real fixed in there. Now today we were speaking in the morning with with Jamadagni Prabhu and he told me about the case of a famous guru, which I don't know if to consider him a Muni or a Bhakta, because nobody knew too much. But the point is that one one person came to him and gave him like the, the, the ten times the doses that generally people will take at that time of LSD. No? Ten times. With one time you know already where will you end. So imagine ten times. And, and this guru took that, um, no effect, no? basically. No? He wasn't unmoved by that experience. And of course the person thought, okay, this is a proof that he is bona fide. <laughs> different, different criteria that we have for establishing Adhikar, but well, what to do? <laughs> so my point is sometimes, the point, sometimes certain sages are so fixed in a particular reality that nothing can distract them, even ten times LSD doses. <laughs> but, the qualities of Hari are so powerfully attractive that even the sages in Samadhi, Atma Ram, enter in contact with other type of Ram, other type of pleasure. Paramdrishtanivartanti, and they are thrown from their samadhi to the feet of Krishna. So Sukadev Goswami himself is saying this, giving his testimony. I was one of them, and now I'm now drinking this crazy stuff. Pivata Bhagavatam So here, Rupa Gold, and we are just in the middle of the verse, we haven't reached the goal yet. <laughs> so he said, no, here's, in Ijani, who eventually. Uh, he is practically liberated and may take devotional service, superior to others. Now, similar to 647 of Bhagavad Gita, Yogi Mahama, Pisarvasam, also some hierarchy there. But actually, one who has a same prem is superior to all of them, of course. Premi Bhakta is superior to any other Bhaktas. But in, in the context of Premi Bhaktas, we have so many, so many Premi Bhaktas. No? For example, Narad Muni is a Premi Bhakta also, someone who has Prem. But we know that he, he wants and hunger for the love of the gopis and things. He mainly has, has Aishvarya again. He's aware of Krishna's divinity. He's not, he has not been thrown into this Gyan Sunya Bhakti. This is the famous narration that um, uh, Sanatana Goswami mentions in Brihad Bhagavatam Brita once Narad Muni asked Krishna, Oh, Lord. One, I have one doubt in my mind. All those times that you as a boy were killing so many demons in Vrindavan, you were just a child, newborn child, killing some little months and dealing with such a huge demons, Putana, Trinavarta, so on. So, did you experience any difficulty at all at some of those moments? That's the doubt I have now. For Krishna's things like Prabhupada, no, no difficulty. And Nara says, no difficulty at all? No, at any moment during those Kumar years, those child years, childhood years, no difficulty. So he kept insisting. He wanted some difficulty. <laughs> so Krishna said, no, no difficulty. Everything went on smoothly there in Brash. No? And Nara insisted, but something, some difficulty. So Krishna said, okay, now that you insist, I, I have found one difficulty, one really complex situation. Almost, I, I needed to go for treatment after that. <laughs> so Narada was like, what? What's happened? Well, everything was so nice in Vrindavan, again, so it was so smooth. Was, you know? But 
in moments where people like you came and started to pray to me, saying, Oh, Supreme Personality of Godhead, source of all source, and you started to remind me in Vrindavan that I'm God, oh, that was really un- unbecoming, <laughs> really uncomfortable. Almost I take a turn, took a turn with the therapist for trying to deal with that. It was too much. No? So Narmoni was like, Oh, oh, <laughs> no more questions today. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, the idea is well, about such premi-bhaktas as Narada, you have the gopis who are totally self-forgotten of themselves and of Krishna's God and totally thrown into an ocean of a particular type of divine love. Like also this famous, that, that they are not measuring at all anything. Just their only concern is how to increase the pleasure of our beloved in the most extreme way, offering all their bodies and senses to him. A famous example of Krishna's headache is proof of that, no? how they're really willing to go to eternal, so-called eternal hell, just for um, putting all the feet of their dust there. Actually, this Gopi Chandan that the devotees used come from that area, ideally. No? The, the, that type of dust is taken from the place they say the Gopis took their own. No? So actually it represents Gopi Chandan. No? Why is Gopi Chandan? No? It's, we are trying to put the lotus feet of the gopis in our head. So that's a very powerful mm. substance. <coughs> but as today we spoke with Arshan Maharaj, it's not so easy just, ah, I put gopi chandan and I'm totally in gopi bhav. No, like the other day someone was asking me about, if you were gopi chandan tilak, I heard, he asked me, very respectfully, someone told me that if you were gopi chandan tilak, that attracts Radha, well, he was not sure. And if you were Radha Kundatilak, that attracts Krishna. No? Or vice versa. He was confused. With his black will attract the white one, and the white one will attract the black. But I heard that. I said, it's not... I mean, even if the theory has some uh, basis, it's not just I put that and I'm done. No? As today, Ashram Maharaj was telling me that someone went to Srila Siddhar Maharaj and wanted to touch his feet. And he said, oh, that's what you, under, that's what you understand, like getting the lotus dust, the feet dust from the Vaishnava. That's your understanding of that? No. Not so easy. <laughs> so not only an external manifestation. So, Srila Rupa Goswami gradually goes in this way, no? Prem Bhakti, from the Prem Bhaktas, gopis are specially described as, as, as tasting the ultimate... Uh, sacred deceptive rapture and between the gopis we have Srimati Radharaniya the queen if you will of, of this experience hmm? such, to such a point that Krishna himself was Rasa himself personified finds himself no, Arasik no? I'm known as Rasik but I'm like well, some taste is lacking in me no? and that takes as you know the form of Gorlila sometimes called the Parishista Lila so parishes to mean like the how do you call this in English appendix what comes at the end of the book mm. that you have to say something else to epilogue epilogue okay epilogue okay. so parishes and sacrament epilogue so the gold lila is called parishes lila like epilogue lila and Krishna lila as we want to say in one point it was a failure <laughs> so there, the necessity for an epilogue is there to give proper you know, full circle closing to the to the, to the book, to the drama. 
So in this way, Krishna himself comes to honor, to taste, to honor, and to properly chant the glories of Sri Radhani's love. So it's, I mean, it's the highest love for Krishna himself, his own Shakti, of course. No? <clears throat> so in this verse, what Srila Rupa Goswami is saying, so since we reached such a conclusion, and since her kunda, Radha kunda, is not different from her, who will, again, like the previous verse, who will go anywhere else? No? <laughs> his Bab starts like to, no? his Rupa Manjari, his, it's say that he's an incarnation of Srimati Radharani's beauty. Rupa also means beauty. So sometimes different manjaris are like localized expressions of some quality of Sri Mati Radharani. Nayana Mani Manjari says he represents the beauty of, of Radharani's Nayana. Nayana means eyes. So, so the natural field, total uh, tadadmi as they call them, like identification with the object of their love. And in Banjari Baba, as we spoke, I don't want to become too technical. But Baba Lasrati or Manjari Baba is a particular type of love where, in one sense, Krishna is no longer the Vishaya Alambana. Because for every rasa, Krishna is the Vishaya Alambana. But in Manjari Baba, I mean, their main feeling of the Manjaris is not for Krishna, but for Sri Mati Radharani. It's called Radha Snehadika. They are mainly inclined in her direction. And of course, their goal is to see the two of them together always. In one point, the two of them are their goal, but especially they are inclined towards Sri Matra. So, in another rasa, Krishna is the object of love, Stai Bhav is for Krishna, and some Sanchari Bhav or transient, some transient emotion may be felt in relation to someone else. It is said like this Krishna is the object of the Stai Bhav, and some other devotees may be the object of the Sanchari Bhav in the connection to the object of Staiva. But in the case of the Manjaris, it doesn't work like that, because their feeling for Sri Radharani is not Sanchari Bhav, something that comes and goes. It stays always. So it's a new type of <laughs> of, of, of Rati, no? and that's why Rupa Goswami presents it in a different category, altogether called Babolas Rati. Because he explained before, he spoke about Sakyarati, Batsalyarati, Madhuryarati, but in the case of the Mandaris, it is particular situation. So it receives a different category, Bhavalasrati. I explain all this to understand a little bit the background psychology of, of the author and why he's speaking in this way. No? So he concludes, no? who, will, who will not reside here, but he makes quickly the clearing, clearing point. In a spiritual body surcharged with ecstatic devotional feelings. So that means to reside in Radhakun, basically. <laughs> Who will not reside in such a way? Aprakrita Bhav means. No? So in, in, in supramundane emotions, you can reside in Radhakun, which is a supramundane place. I mean, you cannot reside. Our residence in a place is through emotional. Uh, mm. How do you say? Bonding? I don't know. Bonding? Mm. Okay. <laughs> so through emotional bonding, we are actually in one place or the other, basically. No? So Radhakunda is a place which corresponds with a particular emotional disposition, and only if you enter there, you will be able to be there, reside there. That's really... No? As, as I was. So basically this is saying here, it says here, and in that type of existence and residence, you can render... A Prakriti Seva and serving the dynamics of Astaka Lila, 
and so on and so on. <coughs> okay. Some words, verse number 10. I told you in the beginning, way above our head. Yeah? Do we agree? Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice sometimes to read these things so you really realize, oh my God. <laughs> Just starting to chant Hare Krishna being happy. <laughs> Maybe we cannot be all day long speaking and hearing this because we may need to hear and speak other stuff, but also sometimes the things really. As we spoke the other day, like speaking about the GPS system, Guru Parampara system, <laughs> we need to, when we go to, we, we want to use the GPS, first thing you have to put where do you want to go. And after that, it calculates according to where you are. So we should know where do we want to go. So, and one point, at least, theoretically, to, to put in the GPS, Guru Parampara system, please, I want to go there, help me. You are there, help me. <laughs> So these verses help us to, to clean that panoramic. Well, let's go to verse number 11, which is similar to this one. I will make it briefer, <laughs> if possible. Give me your time, it's last class. It says like this. Krishna jochai pranaya bhasati preya sibyo piradha kundam chasya munibir habitas tadri giva Yat kim punar bhakti bhajam tat premedam sakridapi saratsnatura viskarati. It says like this translation Of the many objects of favored delight of, and of all the lovable damsels of Brajabhumi, Srimati Radharani is certainly the most treasured object of Krishna's love. And, in every respect, her divine kunda is described by great sages as similarly dear to him. Undoubtedly, Radha kunda is, a very rarely attained, is very rarely attained even by the great devotees. Therefore, it is even more difficult for ordinary devotees to attain. If one simply bathes, bathes once within those holy waters, one's pure love of Krishna is fully aroused. This is the, the end of Sri Padishan. No? So as we said the other day, one of the reasons, the many reasons why Sri Rupa Goswami is emphasizing Radhakunda in particular is how dear this place was for Triman Mahaprabhu who excavated the place with his own hands. In the beginning he rediscovered the site, the spot that was like lost in a hole. How do you say in English? Like paddy field? Paddy field at that time, but he and he's just located there and started to express intense emotions and to ask the Goswamis, please re excavate that and officially establish Radhakunda here. This important uh, Rasa Stali, basically, this important Lila Stali is played for <coughs> interaction of love and Rasa. So, because of the Rupa Goswami, he's making such an he knows. This is such a favorite spot for Mahaprabhu. So I have to make emphasis about this because all that represents no, all this love that make him appear as such. No? So again, in this verse, Rupa Goswami Bake is very clear. He speaks about in terms of aprakrita. Aprakrita, remember, it seems mundane, 
but it's supramundane. That's the meaning of aprakrita. So here, speaking about aprakrita vas, aprakrita snam. So in aprakrita deha. <laughs> so in a supra transcendental body, you have to engage in aprakrita vas and supra transcendental residence. And in, in that context, you can engage in aprakrita snam. You can have supramundane bathing, rather Gunda. So everything is in aprakrita terms. I'm trying to say, if you are not located in that aprakrita realm, but you are more in the prakrit, hopefully not sahaja realm, but some form of prakrit may be there. <laughs> so well, even not adokshaya realm is enough. No? You have to enter aprakrit, fully immersed in the in the mood of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. This was before already emphasized by him when he spoke about the essence of all instruction. So, what does it mean, a practice is not? I mean, first you have to remain aloof from all material desire, all material consideration, fully perform inner worship of Krishna in every single part of the day. I mean, we are speaking here about the ultimate goal of life. No? In the context of <clears throat> Madhurya Bhav, Bhavalashrati specifically here. No? Um, and even if you do not attain that, your sadhana will be very fixed and deep in that direction. It's not a cheap thing. Like we always, I was also was telling today to Maharaj, one devotee once went to Srila Siddhar Maharaj with one scripture no? and showing, Oh Guru Maharaj, look, I found a verse where it is said that one should, what should have bath in Radha because Srila Sir Maharaj was very much of the idea established by his Guru Maharaj, Pujala Raga Pada Gaurava The topmost thing we are worshipping in Gaurav in certain reverence. No? So Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta is known for having never entered Radhakund. He only paid his dandavats on the shore, took some drops. No? So Srila Sir Maharaj in that sense was very, how do you say in English, staunch mm-hmm. follower of this type of no? cautious conceptions. So one devotee came to him <laughs> with a book saying, Guru Maharaj, there is a verse. You should have bath in Radhakunda. Like, like no? expecting, now I will got blessings to really do the jumping and dive deep into reality. <laughs> Srila Sermaraj very immediately, with, with natural genius, Shastra Nipun as he was, he said, but in which part of the verse says with your body? Huh? <laughs> like, like saying to the devotee, you are conceiving the bathing with this body, you are living there yet. But never partially, you should dive deeply in Radha with your body. So the, the deep diving is, in another terms, a prakrit snap. No? So the devotee just immediately like closed the book. Okay. <laughs> like Narad Muni when asked the question to Krishna. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, with this, I'm not saying every, if everyone is bathing, is condemned. No, but some doses, healthy doses of, because I've seen also Vaishnavas entering there, coming from the line of Prabhupada personally. I won't necessarily conclude they are against Vaktisiddhanta, they are deviated or whatever. All is about the conception behind it. The, the snan in this case. No? But 
it's important to understand that's an or that's not an ordinary place as we quote Srila Prabhupada the other day when one devotee told him I want to go to Radhakunda and open a temple there I told you that one yeah and Prabhupada said for what which reason for what do you want to open temple for preaching Prabhupada mm-hmm. <laughs> Prabhupada said no that's not an ordinary place for doing ordinary things like preaching I said okay <laughs> And if there was someone who emphasized preaching as something not ordinary, it was Sila Prabhupada. <laughs> so he was trying to make a point there. So that's a play for entering in, 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 in a liberated stage and cultivating your inner identity. Sila Bhaktivinoda says that. No? Those who wish to increase their mode of devotion in the line of the gopis and are mature in that real eagerness, that's that influence may be helpful for them. They, they could reside there. No? So it's a particular environment for a particular mode, for a particular culture, for a particular level of practitioners. No? And all of this represents a state of consciousness, eventually. Hmm? <clears throat> for example, we have, uh, as Maharaj said the other day, Raghunath Das Goswami is our Prayojan Tattvacharya. So why is he the Prayojan Tattvacharya? What do you say? What's the reason for us considering him he's the Prayan Tattvacharya? Because why? Because with Sanatana Goswami we say he's a Sambandacharya, he worshipped Madhu Mohan, the deity of Sambanda, he wrote Biha Bhagavatamrita, a pretty much Sambanda like book. Rupa Goswami worshipped Govindaji, the Abhideya deity, and he wrote Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the Abhideya book, the Bhakti book. By what? Why Raghunath Das Goswami? He was not the, the worshipper of Gopinath in this case. It was Madhupandit, that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, because in his books, if you go in, into the books of Raghunath Das Goswami, Vilapakusu you know, Manjali and so many others, Braja Vilastava, he mainly emphasized Radha Dasham. I mean, he fully to the extreme emphasized Radha Dasham, Radha Dasham, Radha Dasham. And especially this idea of Babalash Rati, as Maharaj quoted the other day, read Sila Sila Maharaj, this famous verse of Raghunath Das Goswami that says, Sakyaya, uh, Sakyaya namostu namostu nityam dasyaya rasostu rasostu satyam. Padab jayosta babina paradasya meva manyat kadapi samayekila deivyaj. He said, Oh, Srimati Radharani, praise Raghunath Das Goswami, if you invite me to be your friend, to be your Saki, like Lalita Vishaka, Namostu, namostu. I offer my eternal obeisances to that idea. But, my bow is, I want to be your servant. That's my, I have a taste for that. No? So this Radha Dasyam, I mean, actually, the goal of our life is in the context of, in whatever context is Dasya, basically. No? The foundation is Dasya. Whatever you're inclined towards Sakya, whatever you're inclined towards Vatsalya, the foundation is Dasya, and that's clearly shown in Gaur Lila. No? Whatever is not so clear in Braja Lila for us, that will be much more clear in Gaur Lila. So there, Dasya. So we enter in Dasya in Gaur Lila, and we eventually will enter in particular form of Dasya in Braja Lila. Call it Prada Dasya, call it Priyanarma Sakya, <laughs> but that's a way of service. I don't know, there is some Dasya officially also there, although it's not so much in our, <clears throat> in our line. 
So the point is Raghunath Das Goswami emphasized so much this Radhadashan, which is basically the Prayogen for most of the followers of Mahaprabhu, and it's that it's why he was considered Prayogen Tattvacharya. Through his writings, through his personal example, um, um, and we find this idea, no? as Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta mentioned also, we are Sudha Saktas. We all worship the pure potency. We are our Vaishnavism comes from Bengal and in Bengal there's lot of, of lots of Shaktism, no? Of worship of Shakti. And many of them worship Shakti without the Shakti Mam. No? <laughs> they are like Ravan, who wanted Sita without Ramachandra. He wanted Shakti, he didn't want Shakti Man. So he entered in the category of Asura. <laughs> but we worship Sudha. Sudha Shakti. No? So we are Sudha Shakti. We worship the pure potency, Sri Radha, of course, along with Sri Krishna. Whatever we are in Dharada Dasyam, Priyanarma Sakya, whatever, the Shakti Man and Shakti are the two. The white and the black, as we say the other day. Shaman Shavalam Prabhadi. Shavalam Shaman Prabhadi. But well, of course, as you know, in the particular lens of Manjari Bhav, uh, even the worship of Krishna is from a particular side, as this famous story of Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta explaining to a disciple when he was seeing the, the, the one of Bharatpur who was like circumambulating <laughs> Radha Kund, no? Dandavat Parikram. That's tough to do Dandavat Parikram. Some people is doing that with Go, in Govardhan, that's even tough, more tough. And sometimes they do this 108 Dandavat Parikran, and after that they make one step. That's even some other topic. So this the one was making Dandavat Parikran to, to Radhakun. So one devotee said to Prabhupada, he said, oh, he has so much devotion for Srimati Radharani. Mm-hmm. And Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta, who knew this person, he said, yes, he has devotion, but his approach is different from ours. He's worshipping Radha Kund, he's worshipping Srimati Radharani because she's the favorite of Krishna. And we worship Krishna because he's the favorite of Radha. He's a, mm-hmm. no, it's a different perspective. That's why we always are speaking about mainly Krishna. Because that's what pleases her the most. No, that's what he was implying. No? <laughs> this is what many disciples found, disciples of Prabhupada found when they went to Srila Siddhar Maharaj. No? As explained by many, no? Because from Prabhupada they were accustomed to mainly hear about Krishna. They went to Sri Lasya and started to, to mainly hear about Mahaprabhu and Srimati Radharani. Of course Krishna was there as well. No? But different no? emphasis, different tastes were there also, as you know. <laughs> so <coughs> well, basically that's <coughs> So Srila Rupa Goswami ends his treatise with this emphasis in Radha Kund, Radha Dasham, at the scene of all go, but of course as we were speaking these days, and I'm sure Ashramaras also will bless us today with some words, we shouldn't rush in that direction, we should have proper conception. Sri Radharani is the topmost worshipper, Radha Kund is the topmost place, according to Srila Rupa Goswami, but we should be very cautious and, and deal with all these terms also, also in a very like sober way, no? to the point that we do not find directly 
in Bhagavad dimension of all this stuff. No? But Sukadev Goswami in a very hmm, indirect way, Paroksham Mamachapriyam says Krishna the Bhagavatam. I'm very pleased with esoteric dealings with indirect speech no? when the the most deep things are not presented overtly. Overtly, you say? Mm-hmm. But, which is the opposite of that in English? Covertly. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Hmm? So that's why the Bhagavad's poetry is so refined. Because they are saying so many things, but only if you had the eyes, the, the ears to catch that. No? So that's a very important filter. Because Sukadev Goswami was speaking to Pariksi, but it was a whole audience of different types of people there. No? Karmis, yogis, jnanis, bhaktas, different levels. So he was spoken, speaking to all, but no, at the same time he was speaking on, in invisible levels to those who had the ears to catch the subtle subtleties, implications of his indirect speech. No? And if you want to emphasize this indirect speech, we of course we go we speak about Radha, but naturally we will end up in in Mahaprabhu, no? who is Silarupa Goswami's Istadev. Hmm? And by the grace of Srila Rupa Goswami, we are going to Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu is the one who will give us Srimati Radharani's service according to our inclination in the most safe way, if you will, through his Lila, through his Sankirtan Lila, uh, through the, the, best, the most safe way to approach the Madhurya Lila of Vrindavan is, of course, through the Odarya Lila of Gauranga and his devotees. So. In this way, we can make full circle and start again with the Bajovigam, try to not gossip and control your tongue. <laughs> no? So this is the exercise that over and over again we have to do. No? Maybe we enter in some Madhurya, if you will, intimate sweet topics, but we should know where to enter, where to stop, where to invoke again, Aishwarya, Tattva, Siddhanta, Basics. We go to... Srila no? Sukadev Goswami was doing this over and over again no, in the Bhagavad, speaking about something deep, eventually, or invoking some name of Krishna. I don't know, he was he's describing Rasa Lila, these five chapters of the Bhagavatam, the most esoteric thing you could ever imagine. But I, now I'm just studying that section from Bhishmanatra Kavarti Thakur. And one of the main names that Sukadeva Goswami gives to Krishna over and over again, this Rasa Panchadhyaya is Yogeshwareshwara. Mm-hmm. No. Not only Jogeshwar, that is one name that Arjuna gives to Krishna. Uh, sorry, that... Um, uh, who is this secretary of Dhritarashtra? Sanjay. Sanjay was Jogeshwar at the end of the book. Sukhada so, said Jogeshwar Eshwar. No? Like, they leave him very clear. He's the topmost of mystics. He's the controller of the controller for, for mysticism. So if you see anything mundane here... That's being performed by the for that person who is way above any yogi you can imagine. So, so he's invoking Aishwarya with that name, Yogeshwaras, Yogeshwaras. Many times he's mentioning while speaking how he's dealing with the damsels of Raj. So we should also be very cautious and expert in in taking the proper doses of all these different beverages. Pibata Bhagavatam Rasamalayam, yeah. But you should know how much no, of this Ashwari, of this Madhuri, of this Tattvasiddhant, of this Lila and Bhav, no, according to the different degrees we are in. Yes, the goal is to become intoxicated and drunk, but there is a whole art to the... Mixology. 
mixology to the to the bar. Yeah, I've been invited to a bar, eternal bar. We will drink it forever, but it's a whole I say mixology. So we should be very. That's to become eventually a rasic Vaishnav. No, rasic Vaishnav is someone who knows what taste is about and who knows how to present and want to present which particular flavor for the best possible experience for oneself and for the rest if he's exposing something. So it's all science that we gradually should become acquainted with. But Maharaj, please, some words to, to close our sessions of this last week and a little bit more. So I, one, I have been very fortunate, sorry Maharaj, to come with, to have the association of Maharaj and to have the presence that he's sharing and every of the meetings some nice conclusions. So I want to also to make it clear. And even that it may sound like Aishwarik saying so but well that's part of the how to deal. So thank you Maharaj. We got back to Vayashu Maharaj Ki Jai. I can't imagine telling that there is uh, a nice comment that uh, Srila Prabhupada shares in his commentary on, on the last verse uh, of Upadeshamrita. He cites Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur as saying that um, even great Vaishnavas like Narada and Sanaka aren't able um, to take bath at Radhakund. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that kind of underscores our um, Maharaj's admonition that we shouldn't rush, rush there. We shouldn't be thinking, oh, okay, it says here, who wouldn't, you know, who wouldn't live there? So, um, you know, I, I guess nowadays you, you rent a hut. Looks, the pictures I've seen of Radhakund now looks like a village. When I was there in 1980, it wasn't like that. Um, but, uh, you know, okay, I gotta, who's the agent that I see to, you know, rent, rent me a kutir at, at Radhakund, you know, right now. Um, but you know, the, we should um, be aware of the kind of caution um, advised by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati and uh, Srila Sridhar Maharaj and Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada actually, because the devotees, when they went into Radhakund with him, they were a little rambunctious. He forbade them to swim in Radhakund, to bathe in Radhakund, until just take some drops. Shri Radha Kumaki, 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 Shri